Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Um, We're going to continue our study on Christ, our hope in life and in death. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray for granted to me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly may known the mysteries of the gospel. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, which they are a part of. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about Christ our hope in life and death. Let's think about this. Who is this Jesus that we love and we sing songs about? We, you know, I'm thinking about the song, I Love You, Jesus. Those are wonderful songs, but if you don't know this Jesus or you don't know what he, he has accomplished for us, then your love for him may be surface. But when you begin to dig into the scriptures to understand why Jesus died for us and why the resurrection It's important. Last week, we celebrated the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This week, we're going to continue and we're going to expound on this resurrection and why Jesus died. We're starting with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. We talked about how Paul thinks that the gospel, believes that the gospel should be the the first importance or the most important thing that we talk about. And we had some questions for you. I'm going to go back to the four questions. What is sin? In order to appreciate what Jesus did for us, we must understand these four questions. One, what is sin? Again, we said sin is um, disobedience. God tells you to go right and you go left, you just sin. God tells you to maintain your weight and you disobey him, you just sin. God tells you not to worry, you sin. God tells you to monitor your mouth and you talk whatever's on your heart and your mind, you just sin. God tells you not to curse or use profanity or let corrupt communication come out of your mouth, you just sin. God tells you not to provoke your children to anger and you provoke them to anger, you just sin. There's a merit a way of, God tells you not to, to honor those who are in authority and you dishonor them, call them idiots, you just sin. Those are different ways in which we sin. When God tells us to do something and we do the opposite, that is sin. Number two, How did or does sin affect the human heart and life? How does sin affect us? One, the Bible says for the wages or the payments of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So sinning will cause death spiritually, physically in your life. And so as we honor the Lord through our bodies and through our minds and through our hearts and our kids and our job and so forth, We are honoring the Lord. So sin does affect our heart. It affects our life. It affects our memory. Number three, what, why does sin offends God? One way, one thing we said that God is holy and he's righteous. Number three, what did Jesus accomplish through his death or excuse me, his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection? There's a scripture in the new Testament that talks about Romans. It talks about that his life saved us from the wrath to come. His life saved us from the wrath to come. So not only his birth was important, but his life. Not only is his death is important, but his life. Um, Tasha Cobbs Leonard actually has a song called, I forget, Happy, I think it's called Happy. And she says, his life saved my life. 
His life saved my life. So his sinless life actually saved my life. And last but not least, uh, well, we, I, I told you, what did Jesus accomplish through his, death, his birth, life, death, and resurrection? So let's look at some of the scriptures that we quoted last week. The first point was that Christ died for our sins. He became the ugly thing that we are in order to become the beautiful thing that he is, which is a son of God. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah, Isaiah 53. Isaiah is a powerful passage. I, I, I will encourage you to meditate on it, to think through it. It, 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 it actually gives us insight into the resurrection or to the death of Christ. Here's a scripture, verse 1, Isaiah 53, verse 1. It says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? King James says, Who has believed our report? And what is the report? For verse 2, it says, For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Let's, let's think about this. Jesus growing up before the father like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look on him. And there was no beauty that we should desire him. When Jesus, not as Jesus, the man or the child, as he walked the earth, but Jesus on the cross, the Messiah on the cross, that when he received sin, he became something ugly, something despised, something not worthy to be looked upon. The Bible says there was no beauty or no majesty that he had, no form. Sin affected him so much that he, he did not look pleasant. He did not. He wasn't something to to be admired. Sin affected his physical appearance. If you think about even in this life, sin will affect your your, your physical appearance as you give yourself over to sin. Sin will have its heyday in your life. It may be fun for a moment, as Hebrew says, but the end of sin is bitter. You know, you can eat that cake <laughs> Eat them cupcakes, eat them donuts, or eat, eat something that's unhealthy, and it tastes good for you. It tastes good to you. But over time, it will have its way in your body if you don't do something about it. You know, you think about diabetes, and you think about obesity in, in, obesity in, 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 this, world, in this country, and how we just eat, you know, um, whatever you sow, you're going to reap, right? <laughs> I, you know, doing this virus, everybody's at home. We kind of gaining weight. I think I gained 10 pounds. <laughs> you know, yeah, you keep giving yourself over to that. Then eventually it's going to, you're going to reap or you're going to see the consequences. Likewise, sin. But here Jesus is on the cross and the effect of sin that was on his physical body, there was nothing that was um, attractive to the Lord about the Lord while he was on that cross. In verse four, it says this, oh, first, verse three, I'm sorry. He was despised and rejected by men. He was despised and rejected by men. Have you ever been rejected? Have you ever been despised? Well, imagine Jesus a whole lot more was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
as one from from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. The word sorrow in the Hebrew simply means pain. And the word grief means sickness. So he was despised and rejected by men, a man of pain and acquainted with sickness. That speaks to our pain spiritually, physically, emotionally, our sickness, our sin sickness, our physical sicknesses. We got to think about Jesus. This was played upon Jesus. He became this. He didn't deserve this. He lived a sinless life and died a vicarious death. He died in our place. He became sin for us. He became sick for us. He became poor for us. He was cursed. The Bible says in Galatians chapter three, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. So they're calling the cross the tree, a tree. Christ was cursed. Stop talking about you have a generational curse on your life. Jesus became cursed so that you and I could be blessed. And it says that men hid their faces from Jesus. He was so ugly because of sin. He, he had, they, people hid their faces. They saw the wrath of God poured upon Jesus. God's anger was poured upon Jesus. In other words, you ever been a big brother, a big sister, and how perhaps your sister or your brother did something and you took a butt whipping for them? Jesus took a butt whipping for you and I, but it was a whole lot more than a butt whipping. It was the wrath of God. He received the wrath of God in his spirit, in his body, in his soul. He received the punishment that we all deserved. Every sin that we've ever committed, whether through our mouth, our action or our thoughts, Jesus paid for those sins. So whenever you when you whenever you sin, which you will, <laughs> um, you confess your sins and the knowledge that you messed up and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you. And when you wallow in that guilt and that condemnation, you're saying that that sin is not enough. So you can't pay enough tithes to get rid of that sin. The only thing you have to do is receive Jesus. You can't read the Bible enough to get rid of sin on your life. You can't do great works, good things in order to, to be justified in the sight of God. Your works will not save you, but it did takes it did take works to save us. But it was the works of Christ. He lived a sinless life, fulfilled the law to the T in order for you and I to be received by God the Father, to be loved by God the Father. God the Father turned his back on his own son in order, to us, in order for us to be received by him. Surely, verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our pains, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. But he was, he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Notice that he was crushed. God the Father crushed his own son. And upon him, upon Jesus, was the chastisement that brought us peace. In order, in other words, the punishment that it took to, pay, to give us some peace with God. We have peace with God. We have peace from God and we have the peace of God. 3D peace. That's the message I preached not too long ago. 
In order to give us peace with God, Jesus died or took upon the punishment to produce peace in us. So when you and I don't receive the peace of God, we're saying that the blood of Jesus is not enough. What Jesus accomplished is not enough. Don't ever allow, don't ever feel sorry for yourself. Don't ever go to bed feeling sorry for yourself. If you messed up, confess up and his blood will clean you up. And it, the blood of Jesus will treat you as if you never sinned, make you whiter than snow. It depends on the snow, right? <laughs> uh, some snow is dirty. And it says with his stripes or with his wounds, we are healed. All we all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. And yet he opened out his mouth. You and I better open our mouths and say what the Lord has done. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Jesus closed his mouth so that you and I can open our mouths in front of Satan. He was like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and like a sheep that was before shears and silent. So he opened out his mouth by oppression and judgment. He, has, he, he was taken away and his first generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had not done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. And yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. Let's stop there. Here the scripture tells us that the Lord crushed Jesus. The Lord crushed Jesus. Jesus became sin in order to make us righteous. He became the ugly thing that we are so that we can become the beautiful thing that he is. He was wounded for our sins. He died in our place. He was punished for us. He received what we earned or deserved to give us something that we couldn't earn. We received what he obtained. He became our substitute. Christ saved us from God to God. Christ saved us from God to God. In other words, he saved us from God's wrath in order to, to be one of God's children. He saved us from wrath to righteousness or from unrighteousness to righteousness, from sickness to healing, from poverty to wealth, from, uh, uh, from being a sinner to be righteous. Verse four, let's go to first, back to first Corinthians, first Corinthians 15, first Corinthians 15. Isaiah, I want you to take some time to meditate. Isaiah, that's your homework for today, this week. Take some time to meditate. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 15, verse four says, and he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Jesus not only died for our sins, but he was raised, as the Bible says in Romans, for our justification, for our justification. That's Romans chapter four, the latter part. Let's go over there. I feel like I'm not giving you enough scripture. Romans chapter four. Let's take a look at this. Romans chapter four. And let's look at verse. 
verses 24 and 25. It says, but for ours also, it was, it will be accounted to us who believed in him, who raised from the dead, Jesus, our Lord, who was delivered for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification. And in other words, in order to make us righteous in the sight of God, there was an exchange that took place. He became our unrighteousness and gave us his unrighteousness. Our sins was imputed unto Christ and Christ's righteousness was imputed unto us. So we become just as righteous as Jesus is, not based on what we have accomplished, but based on what Jesus has accomplished. And because our faith is in Jesus, we, God sees us through the lens of Christ. And so verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 4, verse 4 says, He was buried that he was raised on the third day. Christ is the fulfillment of the scriptures. He was, he was in the grave and on the third day, God, by the Holy Spirit, raised him up from the dead. You can't be saved without believing in the death and the resurrection of Christ. No death, no resurrection, no gospel. Not just a mental agreement, but a heart believing, mouth confessing believer. You can't just believe with your mouth, but you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. As Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that um, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So when your heart confessed the Lordship of Jesus and your heart, well, your mouth confessed the Lordship of Jesus and your heart believes that what Jesus actually accomplished and that God raised him from the dead, that he actually died and he was resurrected. The Bible says, for man believes unto righteousness, but man confesses unto salvation. So if you're not saved, if you're not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come in agreement with God by declaring that Jesus is Lord. I invite you to be a part of this family. You don't have to be a sinner anymore. Now you can become a saint by receiving Jesus. Again, receiving Jesus is not mentally agreeing with him, but actually embracing what God accomplished in Christ by faith, by believing that God, there was a man named Jesus who died, who lived a perfect life, died a vicarious death, was raised with a glorious resurrection. You have to believe that. And when you do, that's when you will experience the salvation of the Lord. There's a heaven that awaits you and there's a hell to avoid. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, but receive Christ and be saved. I want to give you this quote from the scripture. I mean, from the song. Remember, Christ is our hope in life and death. And we'll continue this next week with the same suit. <laughs> um, there's a song that I, I I, I want to quote, it says, it was all about a man. It was all about a cross. It was all about the blood that was shed so that I would not be lost. It was all about the love that was bigger than life. It was all about a freedom that was given through your sacrifice because you would rather die than to live without me. Jesus died so that we could be with the father forever. And that's the goal of the cross. The cross reaches out to humanity and it reconciles man and God, making them one. Where there was once beef, separation between God and humanity, Jesus became the mediator. He became the God man, 
100% God, 100% man, became the bridge that now man has to come across in order to get to know the Father. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm the way. He's not a way. He's the way. Article, the way, right? I am the way. I am not a truth, but I'm the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father unless they come through me. And if you never, never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray with me today and receive this Jesus. Father God, I come to you and I acknowledge my need for Jesus. I say with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. And I receive Christ by faith into my life. And I divorce myself from sin and from the works of the devil. And I receive Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being my substitute. Thank you for being my propitiation. Thank you for satisfying the wrath of God that I may be a child of the Most High. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.